When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, what a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Coming up here in mere moments, Toby Rowland and I are going to take you through the entire 2020 schedule, give you perspective on every single opponent, and get you ready for kickoff of Oklahoma Sooner football. If you've missed any of the two episodes already this week, Toby and I sat down and talked about the schedule on Monday. And then on Tuesday, the schedule came out, and Lincoln Riley talked about it during his Zoom presser while also naming Spencer Rattler the starting quarterback. You can hear those episodes in our archives right now at Soonersports.com or however you consume podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whichever way it may be. It's there in the archives. Please check it out. And we got Classic Games, our final two Classic Games coming up this week. We'll tell you about those a little bit later on in What's on Tap presented by Midway Deli. But let's get after it. Let's talk about the 2020 schedule. Before we do, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by AT&T, America's Best Network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. Sooner fans, the best place to gear up on your favorite OU products is back open. The Sooner Shop is the official fan shop of OU Athletics, located on the west side of Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. We're currently operating on a limited hour basis, Thursday through Saturday, from 11A to 5P, and Sundays from 11 to 3. Curbside pickup is also available from the Sooner Sports to Go app. Stay safe out there, Sooner family, and come visit the Sooner Shop for all the best OU gear. And OG&E, we energize life. It's the OU Opponents Preview Show. Let's get after it with Toby Rowland. And hi, everybody. A new season is upon us. Finally. 
the 2020 college football season is just over a week away and for the next 60 minutes we are going to preview the schedule ahead for the Oklahoma Sooners. Welcome to the Sooner Schedule Preview Show. I'm Toby Rowland alongside Chris Plank. You know him well. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to take you game by game through Oklahoma's schedule in 2020, preview a little bit about each team, what's upcoming. By the time this hour is over, Chris Plank, they're going to be more educated than they ever imagined about what's coming up in front of the Sooners this year. This is going to be fun. We're going to learn today, Toby, and there's obviously a lot of opponents we're very familiar with. There's nine teams, obviously, that we play every single year out of the Big 12, and then a unique matchup, including a team that Oklahoma has never played before in Missouri State. So there's some familiarity there. There's nine teams we see every single year, but in that same vein, a lot of new faces and new places throughout the Big 12 in 2020. Let's start by taking a look at the big picture. Here is the OU schedule in 2020. You see Missouri State there first. The kickoff coming up quickly on September 12th, and then they get into the Big 12 slate. Chris, what jumps out at you? When, when you first heard the revised schedule, what jumped out at you? Will we remember what Oklahoma looks like after the month of October? Because that is as tough of a stretch yeah. as you're going to have away from home. You're going to Ames, Iowa. Very good Iowa State team. Might be one of the more challenging games on the schedule this year. Obviously, OU Texas every year in Dallas, but then a trip to Fort Worth, a trip to Lubbock. That is a very challenging stretch in October. But the payoff is that you get three of your final four games at home. You know, the hope is that the capacity percentage can grow by that point as with the numbers continue to decline for COVID-19. So, yeah, I, I guess October stood out to me and being able to still play OU Texas in the Cotton Bowl is exciting, but that's going to be a very tough stretch with a lot of games away from Norman. How about you? A disinfectant October is what we're calling it because OU is going to be away from the palace the entire month. I've never seen anything like that. It's crazy. From the final week of September until the first week of November, no home games. 41 straight days without a home game. And the other thing is that closing kick, which we're going to preview here in a little bit. Going to be tough, but it's going to be pivotal if Oklahoma is going to make another run to the college football playoff. So let's get after it. First up, a week from Saturday, September 12th, it'll be the non-conference game, the only one on the slate this year, as Bobby Petrino, that's right, that Bobby Petrino, brings the Missouri State Bears to Norman. Chris, what do we know about Bobby Petrino's team? Well, they're coming off a tough season, Toby. As you can see, 1-10 last year. Didn't have a very good offense, only averaging 16 points per game, which that's not going to get it done. But they had a pretty good defense at times. They have two very talented defenders in Titus Wall, their senior safety. Tyler Loveless had three picks last year to lead the way. And you know what? It's, it's challenging because anything that you see offensively from this team last year, you know it's going to be a world different because – if there is one thing Bobby Petrino knows how to do, T-Row, he knows how to coach an offensive football team. So he's going to have them ready to go. Unique schedule because they only played three games in the fall since the Missouri Valley Conference pushed everything to the spring. But you had a chance to really go in-depth on preparing for Missouri State because you caught up with their play-by-play -play guy uh, earlier, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Art Haynes uh, calls the games for them. You know, the, the quarterback who's taken over this year is a redshirt freshman, an exciting player, Jaden Johnson. He's out of the Memphis area. He was actually recruited by Bobby Petrino when Petrino was at Louisville. Then he went somewhere else for his redshirt year, and he comes back to play for, for Petrino here uh, at Missouri State. He is a run-pass threat. He's got mobility. 
He's got good size. Chris, I think it is a good preview for Oklahoma and what they're going to face in Skylar Thompson in week two. They get a mobile quarterback who can make plays with his arms and with his legs. That could be valuable for the Sooners on down the line. The other thing that they said is there is a different aura around this team with Petrino taking over. A little more professionalism. He's brought in a more experienced staff. Some familiar names, including his son on this staff. William Gay, you remember a long time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, is their defensive backs coach. So there's a more positive feeling around this Missouri State team, I'm told, after a disappointing 1-10 season a year ago. And I'll say one of the unique things, their defensive line coach is also their run game coordinator, which I don't know if we've ever yeah. seen anything like that before <laughs> in, in football, period, to where you have a guy that's coaching a defensive position, but in the same vein, he's in charge of an offensive attack like the running game. And, and you know, defensively, speaking of that, Titus Wall comes back. We mentioned the senior safety. They averaged just over giving up over just 30 points last season. But this is going to be as big of a challenge as they've ever faced. Uh, you, you know, you're going into this opportunity you would have hoped whenever this game was scheduled that you're going to have you know the 80,000 so you can experience it but I'm, I'm I'm fascinated to see how they handle the unique nature of this trip and then again T-Row the unique nature of their season I mentioned it this is one of three games they're going to play in the fall they'll play Oklahoma uh, in, in less than a week then they've got Central Arkansas that they'll play on September 26th then they turn around and they play Central Arkansas again for homecoming on October 17th then they'll get a break until the spring so it'll be very hey, they'll hold nothing back I think is the best way to describe this there'll be nothing off the table for them to try you got to prepare yourself for a little bit of everything when Missouri State comes to town a couple of more nuggets about the Bears one keep an eye on Keyshawn Parker he was the junior college national player of the year last year at linebacker. Might play linebacker, might play running back, wow. might play both for Missouri <laughs> State. And the other thing is they deserve a ton of credit. You know, Chris, they have worked with Oklahoma, Joe Castiglione, Lincoln Riley throughout this entire summer, protocols, everything to make sure they could make this game happen. So huge kudos to everybody associated with the Missouri State Athletic Department for pulling this off. Then the Sooners get a bye week. And then the Big 12 opener, and wow, a revenge game right out of the blocks as the Kansas State Wildcats come to town. Man, that was still one of those days that you kind of look back and you realize everything just went right for Kansas State, even the review at the end of the game. But what a way to start things off in the Chris Kleiman era. They went 8-5, and five, they knocked off Oklahoma, and... You know, Toby, they were really good, and I know this is kind of a captain obvious moment. They were really good for you know these these more ball control offenses when they would put more than three scores on the board. They were seven and zero last year when they scored more than twenty four points. They were zero and four when they scored fewer, and if they stayed right at twenty four, they were one and one on the season. So that eight and five record was all about putting points on the board. And let's face it, in Skylar Thompson, they've got themselves a guy that is an absolute problem, Toby. Yeah, I think I mean he's the key for them. He played fantastic against Oklahoma a year ago. Vastly improved quarterback. Like I said in the opener, uh, a run-pass threat is what they're going to get here in him. And every pass he threw last year against Oklahoma was an absolute dime. He <laughs> hasn't been that accurate throughout his career, but he has definitely improved. Certainly, they will use him in the running game as well. His legs are a weapon. Harry Trotter, I think the former Louisville transfer, will probably be their go-to running back, at, at least early in the season. 
They've got some playmakers at wide receiver as well. It's, you know, Chris Kleiman uh, is a new regime there, so to speak. But I thought, Chris, Kansas State looked very much like Kansas State of old last year in that they're not dynamic offensively. But when they don't make mistakes, when they convert on third down, when they control the football and use the clock, they're going to be tough to beat. That's the formula they used effectively last year. And I think that will be the formula they lean on again in 2020. Yeah, and it's been pretty wild in this series, Toby, since you and I have been calling games and even going back to the start of the Bob Stoops era. And Oklahoma had had a lot of success in Manhattan, had played well. Usually when Kansas State would get Oklahoma or maybe even come close to knocking them off, it was inside Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. So that was uh, challenging last year to go to Manhattan and lose in that game. But, yeah, you mentioned time of possession. They averaged a seven-minute advantage throughout the season last year. They would average 33 minutes and 27 seconds while their opponents had it for just 26 and 33. And the key to that is converting on third downs. And they did not do that in the games that they lost. Uh, Navy controlled the game in their win. Kansas State was just one of eight on third down. Um, they went one for 13 on third down in their loss against Oklahoma State. And as a team, they're just one and four over the last couple of seasons when they convert 30% or less of their third down. So ball control, conversion on third down, a key. And doesn't that sound familiar, Toby? That sounds like a conversation yeah. we've been having about Kansas sounds State. Sounds like Kansas State. Right. Yeah, it sounds like every <laughs> Kansas State team. New defensive coordinator for them, by the way, Joe Klanderman takes over this year on the defensive side of the ball. All right, we're just getting started. We're 20% of the way through the 2020 OU football schedule. Let's step aside, catch our breath, take a break. When we come back, we're talking about the Sooners' first road trip of the year to Iowa State and then the Red River Showdown in Dallas next on the Sooner Schedule Preview Show. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Welcome back to the Sooner Opponent Preview Show. Along with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank, and T-Row, I think we're hitting one of the more difficult stretches of the schedule here in the next two games for the Sooners. First road trip, we're going to preview Iowa State coming up here in seconds. And then the OU-Texas game in the Cotton Bowl. This is a tough stretch for games three and four, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I'm not so sure that Iowa State isn't the toughest game on their schedule. There's an argument to be made there, Texas-Oklahoma State. But you're talking early in the year, uh, Oklahoma team with a young quarterback, whoever it is, is going to go on the road and take on an Iowa State team that has given them fits in recent years. And you got to do it in their place. An experienced defense, too, for Iowa State. This is going to be a tough test. Matt Campbell has done a phenomenal job there. Chris, you chronicled, well, this might be the best era of Cyclone football we've seen. Yeah, the last time that Iowa State put together three winning seasons in a row was 1976 to 1978. Matt Campbell has done it over the last three years. Now, prior to 76 and se through 78, it was 1922 to 1927. The team's never won more than four games in any of the season since. So it's been a challenge for consistency. But as you can see, they've really done a nice job on defense, which we'll get to in just a bit. And this offense is led by Brock Purdy. 
and they needed every single inch, every single yard, every single fingernail did the Sooners of offense last year against Iowa State. It was a classic game. Went back and forth both ways. The Sooners ended up winning it on a big time play in the end zone by Parnell Motley. But let's talk T-Row about Brock Purdy. Here is a guy that is one of the top quarterbacks in college football. Um, I mean, they only returned five starters on offense, but they still expect this offense to keep moving forward. And I've been impressed in everything that I've seen from Brock Purdy. You know me. I love to talk about the NFL draft. There's many that think that of the pro prospects that could potentially come out in 2020 from the Big 12, that Brock Purdy's the top quarterback for the NFL scouts heading wow. into 2020. And that says a lot about his development at Iowa State. How many big plays did Parnell Motley make at the end of games, oh, by the way? So in crazy. His career. There's so another crazy. one right there in the end zone. <laughs> C.D. Lamb had the great one. Yeah, but Brock Purdy, listen, led the Big 12. That's a good trivia question. Purdy led the Big 12 in passing yards per game a year ago. It wasn't Jalen Hurts. It wasn't Sam Ellinger. It was Brock Purdy, and he has played well against Oklahoma. 21 school records already for Purdy in two years. He's got confidence. He's got a running back that is really good. He's got maybe the best set of tight ends in America. Little shaky maybe on the offensive line, Chris, but Purdy is teed up to have another big year for them, I think. Yeah, and you mentioned the running game. Since David Montgomery left early, now remember the Chicago Bears have kind of struggled to get anything going running the football. But Brees Hall showed us some shiftiness last year, over 100 yards rushing per game. And that's a key number for them. When they rush for fewer than 100 yards, they were 0-5 last year. They've been 0-8 over the last two seasons. And you mentioned it, that offensive line has got to be good. But the defense is where Iowa State has really changed the game in the Big 12 over the last couple of seasons. They've had playmakers all over the field. They're going to have to replace one of their better defensive linemen from last season. But John Heacock's defense, which has been fantastic, nine total starters return. Yes, Jaquan Bailey is back for a fifth season after an injury, even with the absence of Ray Lima. They have found ways in kind of the creativity. They'll drop more defensive backs than maybe anyone in college football. They'll drop more players yep. into coverage than you could possibly find. And they've, uh, they've really become, over the last three seasons, a very good defensive football team. When it comes to evaluating linebackers, uh, we rely on uh, Teddy Lehman. <laughs> he loves Mike Rose, a, an exciting, fundamentally sound, hard-hitting linebacker who has some now experience under his belt. Greg Eisworth might be one of the best defensive back is one of the best defensive backs in the Big 12. Again, another guy that will come up and smack you in the mouth. And you mentioned a little bit about the scheme. That's another thing that's scary for this game. Early in the year, again, with a young quarterback and a lot of young pieces on offense for Oklahoma, they're going to go face an abnormal scheme. They may rush three. They may rush two. They may rush one and drop <laughs> ten into coverage. You never know what John Haycock is going to do. And it has been confusing for the likes of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts in the past. So, it, 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 they are very creative with what they do defensively. It is unlike anything else you see throughout the uh, season. And I want to circle back quickly. I don't want to – there's a Norman product, Charlie Kolar, who could have very well had the game-winning uh, two-point conversion for them, who is one of those very talented 
tight ends that they have amassed up there at Iowa State. You know, I, I'm real big on looking at trends whenever we prepare for these games to call them on the radio. And one fascinating trend going back to this defense is when they're able to force turnovers, specifically get interceptions, they're really good. When Iowa State comes up with two or more interceptions, they are 7-0 and under Matt Campbell. Now, again, for some of you might say, well, yeah, you get turnovers, you're going to win games. But that's not even looking at a plus-minus. That's not even looking at turnovers. That's just give me two interceptions. This team is undefeated under Matt Campbell. It's going to be a heck of a challenge heading up to Ames. Let's shift our focus to the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma and Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, Toby, this is one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football. It's going to be unique this year. But it's going to be challenging as it always is because Texas brings back Sam Ellinger for his 86th year, it seems, of eligibility. But <laughs> in all honesty, he's done a heck of a job as their quarterback. We'll go more in depth. Yeah. But they've got new looks everywhere. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They've got a new defensive coordinator. And heck, we just can kind of stop here and say it's OU Texas. It's always a fun matchup. It, it, always unique. Always unique. And this year, you add in the element of, of uh, no state fair. Uh, whatever percentage of fans we have at the game, it's going to be extremely odd. Uh, think back to last year, though, and Oklahoma, who had such a powerful offense last year, and C.D. Lamb had a monster game against these guys. But, Chris, it was really the Sooner defense that won it for him, la for him last year. Nine sacks <laughs> against Sam Ellinger and the Texas Longhorns. Uh, they stepped up big time a year ago and will have their work cut out for them again this year. When you look at Texas offensively, you start with that guy. You, you start with Sam Ellinger, who is a tough hombre. He has had a lot of injuries. He's very physical. Whether or not he can make it through a season is pivotal for Texas. But he has seen a lot of football. He's got some exciting uh, skill position guys to work with this year, including a five-star running back at Bijan Robinson. Keontae Ingram is back to tote the ball as well. They've got to replace, though, key, uh, Chris, some key pass catchers. Devin Duvernay had a monster year for him last year. He's gone. Colin Johnson has been very productive for him the last several years. He's gone. So what does Texas have at wide receiver? That's a big question. And keep in mind, um, this was a really good offense last year. I mean, they finished 14th in the nation in total offense, second in scoring offense. It's not going to be easy to replace those names like Colin Johnson and Devin Duvernay. But the key, as you brought up, Toby, is Sam Ellinger. And let's not forget, it's a new look on offense. Tom Herman apparently is going to allow Mike Yurcich, who is their new offensive coordinator, to call the plays. It's not going to be too terribly different from some of their scrimmage reports. Uh, they feel very confident in how things are coming together and how they're meshing. But... You know, this is always kind of tricky with the lack of spring and with OTAs instead of actual fall camp is how you're able to truly implement what you want if you're Mike Yursich offensively. So you've got a veteran quarterback, but it's a new mind offensively in Yursich. We'll see how things go there. Meanwhile, it's a new mind defensively, too, because Chris Ash, who was with Texas down the stretch last year, a former Ohio State defensive coordinator, former Rutgers head coach, Chris Ash is back I guess, in a coordinator's role back with Texas. And, boy, they've got some players now. They've, they've recruited well yeah. on the defensive side of the football. You've got some big-time names that are gone, like Malcolm Roach. But 
Tiro and Keandre Coburn and Quan Graham, Joseph Asai, linebacker. They've got some guys that can go out there and make plays for Chris Ash in his new scheme. I think Osai is going to be a big name for them this year. Uh, they're going to use him in a lot of creative ways. Might, might get down on the defensive line as a pass rusher at times. Drop him into covers. He's an extremely versatile athlete for them and will be one of the better players in the Big 12 Conference. And then on the back end, Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster. They've got some big, talented, physical defensive backs that have played a lot of football at a high level as well. They had a big loss, though, in my opinion, in Marquez Bimage, who was going to be an anchor defensive tackle for them, who has opted out for this season. That leaves them with a big hole on their defensive line. Big question mark for them. But I think Texas is going to be solid on the defensive side of the ball. A couple of stats to keep in mind. Again, running the football, you mentioned Keontae uh, Ingram. They've got the freshman that's coming in. They are 18-2 and two under Tom Herman when they run for 160 yards or more. 15-1 and one when they run for 107 yards. Pardon me, 170 yards or more. And last year, they gave up defensively 7.9 yards per pass. It's the most that Texas has given up since 2012. Thus, enter Chris Ash. And a new attitude defensively. It'll still hey, Chris, be OU. And is, Bevo, is, is Bevo coming? Do we know? Well, that's, a, that's a great question. That's a great question. I would assume he is, right? Maybe? I, Maybe I don't know. Not. I don't know. It's 2020. All kinds of craziness. No corn dogs. I don't know. There's no state <laughs> fair. I don't know what animals are going to be in the house. This is going to be the oddest OU Texas game ever. It's going to be a very interesting matchup and will take place in the Cotton Bowl. All right, when we come back, let's talk about one of the opponents on the Sooner schedule that I think might be one of the scariest this season. We'll talk about Gary Patterson's TCU Horn Frogs next on the Sooner Opponent Preview Show. Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the hut. Walden Cleaners and Laundry where the difference is quality. Phillips 66, live to the full. Landers Auto Group, proud sponsor of OU Athletics. Sooner opponent preview show, Toby Rowland, Chris Plank with you. We're taking you game by game, week by week through the 2020 Sooner football schedule coming to right around the corner, folks. Kickoff right around the corner. And right now, we are in the midst of that Difficult October stretch where they go to Iowa State. They've got Texas and Dallas. There's a bye week sprinkled in there. And then two more consecutive road games. They're away from the Palace for six straight weeks. And we start with a trip down to Fort Worth for a game against Gary Patterson and TCU. Uh, I'm not sure what to expect from this team, Chris. You know, they've had uh, Max Duggan at quarterback who they were excited about coming into this year and was very promising, but whether or not his health condition is going to allow him to play or not is very much up in the air. We know Gary Patterson knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Now he's a uh, hit songwriter as well. <laughs> so who knows if he's been distracted by his country music prowess these days. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from TCU. I think they could be a surprise team in the conference. I think it could be a tough year for him. I think they're going to be better defensively. I think they're going to be um, tough. I think they're going to be gritty. But, Toby, I think everything falls upon what you just said, and that's the health of Max Duggan. And that's such an unknown right now. I know 
that some of the buzz, at least that Max threw out on Twitter, is that he's going to be ready to go. But anytime you're talking about something that involves your heart, your ticker, I'm kind of thinking a little bit more long term, and that's concerning. But we know this much. They're not afraid to do a little bit of everything offensively, whether it's Duggan or if it's Matthew Downing or whomever it might be at quarterback. Toby, they're not afraid to go out and throw it around. Sonny Cumbie is their offensive coordinator, and they're also not afraid to get out and do a little ground and pound if necessary. And they've got a pretty good potential offensive line, but they've got a lot of work to do to try to rebuild that too. Yeah, we, we talked about a five-star recruited running back already for Texas, TCU's got one of those as well, and, and Zach Evans, who might be a guy that helps them right away. Tay Barber's been a, an effective receiver for them. He might get a chance to shine this year. One of the best names in this conference is TCU tight end Pro Wells. He's a beast, <laughs> too, and they'll throw him the ball. Downing, by the way, if he gets the call at quarterback, a transfer from Georgia, so he's got some good pedigree, too. But uh, TCU's been kind of all over the place with how they want to play football. The last few years, they've been big and physical with Shewo Alana-Lua. They, they were, were a spread team that would throw it around the yard. So I think they're very much, in my mind, Chris, a mystery on the offensive side of the ball going into this year. Yeah, dare I use that crutch term, Toby, a wild card a little bit offensively yeah. because, as we brought up, they've done a little bit of everything. But, yeah, you know, last year, Jalen Rager was the guy that you knew you had yeah. to stop offensively, and he showed it by going in the first round of the Philadelphia Eagles, has had a great camp, might be an opening day starter for a Super Bowl-caliber right. roster in Philadelphia. So they've got work to do replacing at the wide receiver position, but in all honesty, they didn't really use him effectively. So maybe Gary Patterson has learned from that. Maybe Sonny Cumbie's got a little bit more confidence in, in Max Duggan, if it is Max Duggan. It is truly a wild card offensively, but we know what we're going to get defensively. Defensively, right, Toby? We're going to get a yeah. tough, tough group. No, they're tough, and they're talented, too. And Gary Patterson always coaches them up on that side of the ball. O'Shawn Mathis coming off a very good freshman year. Uh, he's to be dealt with up front. They've got good linebackers, LaKendrick Van Zant, D. Winters, and Garrett Wallow, one of oh. the best players in the country. Forget the Big 12. He's all over the place. He's in the backfield. He's covering passes deep. It's like there's four of him on the field. I'm a big fan of Garrett Wallow. Yeah, uh, an all-Big 12 performer, as you brought up. He's a beast, 125 in the tackle category last year. Um, and he's, he's bigger sized at that linebacker position than what you would typically see from this group. And they're not afraid to hit you. They know how to take the football away from you. But there was an area where they struggled significantly last year that was typically their strength. Toby, in 2017, TCU was second in the nation in red zone defense, allowing scores on just 69% of the trips inside the red zone. In 2018, that number went up to 80%. Last year, 90% allowing offenses to score inside the red zone, one of the worst in the countries. TCU lost six games by a touchdown or less. And of those 31 trips inside the red zone, you know, obviously when you're scoring 90% of the time, that's one thing. But 22 of those scores were touchdowns. So if they can find a way to do a better job of just holding teams to field goals maybe in the red zone or not at all, they're going to be better. But we know what we're going to get defensively. We don't know what we're going to get offensively from TCU. A true wild card for Gary Patterson's team. And, Toby, let's add to it, it's a road game. You're going to Fort yeah. Worth, and the Sooners have uh, they've had some tough times there in the past.
Yeah, good games down there. Uh, it's going to be intriguing for me to see how TCU comes out of the blocks this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they've had some, they've had some drama off the field a little bit, and then Chris, I think maybe the toughest non-conference game of anybody in the conference when they play SMU. Absolutely. You know, Oklahoma State's got to play Tulsa. That's uh, an interstate showdown, and that's not just because they're on my, my, my alma mater that I'm bringing it up, but that's going to be a tough one. But the number one toughest matchup in non-conference play for the Big 12 is TCU having to play SMU in their high-powered offense. All right, let's move on out. Another road game after that for Oklahoma. They'll head out to Lubbock, out to the high plains of West Texas to take on your buddy Matt Wells. And the Red Raiders, difficult year last year for Texas Tech in year one. Chris, think they'll be better this year? I do. But, you know, we were talking about Duggan and what TCU needs from him to be healthy. This is a very simple, I mean, I we're going to talk about their defense and we're going to talk about their offense. But this is a very, very simple breakdown for Texas Tech. Alan Bowman's got to stay healthy. Yeah, and I agree. He has, he has not been able to finish a season yet for Texas Tech. Of course, the scary injury with the collapsed lung that he suffered against Oklahoma State. Or, excuse me, against Oklahoma a couple years ago. And then, of course, last year, whenever he got dinged up very early in the season with a shoulder injury. I mean, this was a team that lost four games last year by three points or less in a 4-8 four, four and eight season. And, you know, a couple of those games came in controversial fashion, including the, the the Baylor game. Jet Duffy's now gone at quarterback, so they don't have their trusted backup option of an experienced guy. But in the, one of the greatest names in the Big 12, in Maverick McIver, you get a bigger, <laughs> kind of more pro-style quarterback who's coming off a broken leg. So key, though, is they've got to keep Bowman healthy. If they keep Alan Bowman yeah. healthy, they've got a chance, T-Row, to be that sleeper team in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, he was really, when he is uh, in the game, he's been really good in his career. And he's got one of the biggest weapons in this conference, literally, to throw the ball <laughs> to in six foot six, TJ Vasher. He is very difficult when they get inside the 20 yard line. They just throw it up to him. He's a deep ball threat as well. They got a very nice transfer from Nevada on the offensive side of the ball, a pass catcher in McLean Maddox as well. But when I think Texas Tech, Whoever is at quarterback, they're going to have skill position talent. They're going to score points. Yeah. And For Texas you Tech, it seems to be no matter who the head coach is, can they stop anybody? Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned Vasher. I feel like he's been in school for like 20 years. Every time I watch Texas yeah. Tech, he's making play. But T-Row, you hit it. When we're talking about Texas Tech, we always feel like they can score points. But is that defense ready? You know, they've got to replace Jordan Brooks, who as we watch these highlights, the guy that's making a lot of the plays for them will be Jordan Brooks. But how good was he? Uh, he was a first-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks in the draft. So now you've got Eli Howard back, who is a very good defensive lineman. Their secondary is okay, but, you know, Rico Jeffer is inside. He's got to make some plays for them. Xavier Benson. I mean, this is, this is a team that has some players. You've got Keith Patterson, who has been in the Big 12 fights before as their defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator at West Virginia, spent some time all across college football. So they've, they've got coaches that get the necessity of having big-time players like Jeffers on defense. Toby, they just got to go out and make plays. It's as simple as that for Texas Tech defensively, and they weren't able to consistently do that last year. It's, kind of, it's a mindset uh, in Lubbock, and it's got to change. 127th in the country in total defense a year ago. They gave up 30 points a game. Oklahoma's got to play them at their place, but an opportunity for the Sooner offense to maybe put up some points. It's been done before. 
when Oklahoma yeah. goes out there. Points have been put up when the Sooners go out to Lovett before. All right, we're going to step aside. Take a break. When we come back, we're talking about Puka and Chuba as we preview the 2020 Sooner season. Back after this. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And all you have to do is log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest episodes. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Riverwind, still the one. Welcome back to the Sooner Opponent Preview Show, along with the voice of the Sooners and acclaimed author, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. And T-Row, we've only got four games left to preview as we count down to the start of the 2020 college football season. So let's head back to Norman, finally. What? It's been a, I know, right? The last handful of games have to all go been home. away from Norman, but we're headed home, and we start things off with the hat. Less miles, eating the grass, loving life in Lawrence. They were better than some expected last year at three and nine. But again, just a just a very unique season as it typically is for Kansas. You don't look at the stat sheet and have anything that truly wows you. They averaged 23 and a half points per game, gave up 36. But you know, we were there the weekend that Khalil Herbert had decided he was leaving the team. That was such a unique kind of situation. He ended up transferring to Virginia Tech, but we know there is one name whenever it comes to this Kansas offense that not just opposing defenses need to focus on, but NFL teams are keeping an eye on, and that's Puka Williams, who rushed for over 1,000 yards last year. Good receiver out of the backfield. Toby, he's something pretty special for this Kansas Jayhawk team, isn't he? He is. Listen, I know the Kansas game never jumps off the schedule at anybody in football, but something always happens when <laughs> Oklahoma and Kansas play, right? Whether it's Samaje P. Ryan rushing for 400 and change, whether it's they're not shaking hands at the coin flip, Chris Plank is right there front and center. Something always cool. happens when OU and Kansas plays, and they have some really scary guys on this team. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not here to sell you that it's a, a great football team, but Puka Williams can go, folks. I mean, he can giddy up. He's at, He's got as quick of change of direction as anybody in the country. He is really difficult to tackle. They've got a very nice receiver in Andrew Parchment, who had a, a very good year for him last year. Now, they're going to break in a new quarterback. I think they're probably going to go with the senior Thomas McVitie, who's got size at six foot five, not extremely mobile, but can throw it around the yard a little bit. So they've got some weapons, Chris, which makes you get their attention when they come in. You know, Brett Dearman, Brent Dearman, excuse me, took over as their offensive coordinator, and they went out and nearly beat Texas the day that he took over. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is they weren't able should've. to really find he should have beat Texas. They weren't able to find any consistency. You know, it, it managed to run for over 170 yards just three times last season. And to keep this offense rolling for McVitie, if that's the guy, it's, I think you're exactly right. And to get Puka Williams involved, 
they've got to run the football and count on their offensive line to be better. Now, defensively, that's an area where they struggled in getting turnovers. This was wild. They recovered just two fumbles last season. However, um, in the two games, it was able to come up with multiple takeaways. One was a win over Iowa State, and one was the near win over Texas. So if they're able to force multiple turnovers, they're a problem. But, Toby, that's just been a problem for them over the last few years, and that's going out and, and forcing yeah. turnovers and making big plays defensively. Yeah, well, defense has been a problem. They finished last in the Big 12 in total defense, scoring defense, sacks, takeaways, and run defense. It's, it's been a team you've been able to kind of bully on that side of the ball. Oklahoma's been able to hand the ball off, push them around, and make yardage. That P. Ryan game, the best example of that. But uh, we'll see by the time they roll in here whether Les Miles has them, has them uh, coached up. But Buka will get your attention, and uh, Oklahoma's going to have to be ready for these guys. It'll be great to be home. They'll have been gone from Owen Field for six weeks, so they'll be excited to get back home. And then, Chris. The Cowboys coming to town. How fitting that you led right into the Oklahoma State preview on the Kansas State defensive highlight, making a play against the Cowboys. We look forward to it. As you talk about, Toby, it divides households and communities. It's bedlam. Let's take a look at a quick snapshot preview of Oklahoma State. They're coming off what I think you could describe as a disappointing 8-5 season. Spencer Sanders got hurt. Tylen Wallace got hurt. You were talking about a challenging offseason earlier for TCU. Oklahoma State had its share of issues this offseason. But Mike Gundy back for his 16th season with probably one of its better trio of skill players in Sanders, Hubbard, and Wallace in quite a while. And oh, what a performance last year in Stillwater from not just Jalen Hurts, but also Parnell Motley. Piemont put the bow on an absolutely fantastic career by forcing a couple of turnovers and helping to shut down the Oklahoma State offensive attack. But we know what the key is, not just in 2019, but also in 2020 to that Oklahoma State offensive attack, Toby. It starts and it finishes with Chuba Hubbard. He's pretty special. Yeah, that's right. And one of the best all-around performances for Oklahoma last year came in that Oklahoma State game in Stillwater. They were uh, impressive. But Oklahoma State's uh, going to be good. I, I think as a team, this is the biggest threat to win the conference title this year. Uh, Oklahoma State with that trio that they have, and it's really more than that. Chuba Hubbard, Hubbard electric, fast, breakaway speed in the blink of an eye a dangerous weapon you have to give him so much attention but then they've got Spencer Sanders who can make plays at the quarterback position and Tylen Wallace as uh, one of the best wide receivers in the country as well LD Brown is a great second option when Chuba needs a blow uh, Dylan Stoner Braden Johnson they got the LSU transfer D Anderson I mean their offensive depth and wealth a talent is unbelievable and they're going to put up some points this year. This is going to be a dangerous, dangerous offensive football team at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and with now a year under, not quite a full year under the belt of Spencer Sanders, he's elusive. You see getting away from the pressure here. Uh, he might take a chance throwing across the middle, but he'll have those playmakers like Tylen Wallace there to make plays. But one other note before we jump to their defense, and they got to protect the football, and that's where Sanders struggled. Yeah, Oklahoma State was 5-0 before their ball loss when they turned it over once or not at all. They're 12-2 when they don't give the ball away, but last year they turned it over 
five times against Texas Tech, three yeah. times against Baylor. They have to protect the football. All right, let's shift to the defensive side of the football. We know that Oklahoma State has offensive firepower. We know about Sanders. We know about Hubbard. We know about Tylen Wallace, but Toby, this defense and Amen Ogbog Baniga. I practiced that one. Amen Ogbog Baniga. He can make plays all over the place for this Oklahoma State defense. A very talented linebacker. Five sacks last year, 15 and a half tackles for loss. He's one of their big time playmakers. They do have some playmakers, and they've got a lot of experience, a lot of starters back on that side of the ball. Ogbog Baniga, definitely one of them. Malcolm Rodriguez had a big time year for them last year. Uh, Colby Harvell Pill, I think, is a very nice player, hard hitter on the back end of the defense. Um, just because you have a lot of experience back doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be great, but I think it's something to build from. If OSU is going to win the Big 12, though, if OSU is going to contend for a college football playoff spot, it's the defensive side of the ball where they've got to be not just a little bit better, but significantly better than a year ago. They're going to put up points with those playmakers on offense. If they can take a you know, a significant step forward on defense, then they're going to be a challenger. And there are there is hope for that with all the experience that they have back on that side of the ball. This is going to be a heck of a game, Chris. I mean, we're talking about Bedlam here. Late in the season, in Norman, the top two expected contenders in the Big 12 Conference, perhaps with a spot in the conference title game, perhaps with a college football playoff spot on the line, I'm getting excited already. This is going to be a blast. <laughs> you got me fired up, and we still have to talk a little bit more about their defense. I, I want to throw one note, though, defensively. A.J. Green is gone. He's their talented cornerback from last year. He's off to the NFL. You mentioned Colby Harvell Peel. He is a guy that NFL scouts are very intrigued with this season. So that's a name to keep an eye on if he can stay healthy. And there's another name, Calvin Bundage. Two years ago, Toby, he was one of the best players on the Oklahoma State defense. Kind of fell off the map, had injury issues last year. He's back this season. Where does he fit in for this defense? He can be a big-time difference maker. And they've got to try to find a way, and this is the case for every team in the Big 12, right? You've got to try to find a way to limit your, opposing's pass, uh, your opponent's passing attack. Oklahoma State is 0-12 when going back to 2012 when they allow teams to complete passes averaging 9.9 .9 yards per pass. And, and again, that's that's a lot. You know, 10 yards per pass. You're going to win a lot of football games. But the last time it won a game giving up double-digit yards per attempt was to Andrew Luck and Stanford back in the 2012 Fiesta Bowl. So wow. they've got to do a better job of limiting the downfield plays. They had some busted coverages last year. But this is another year of experience for this defense. And I'll throw one more note on Chuba Hubbard. You know, this is a guy that, honestly, Toby, he could opt out still. He could end up deciding not to play. He could have gone to the pros. But give the kid some credit because he came back and even through everything with COVID-19, he's still going to go out and play. And you're talking about a guy that could be a first-round, second-round, third-round pick in the National Football League draft. But he wanted to come back and play this season. And I, I think there's something to be uh, – I think that's something admirable to that. I completely agree. There, of course, was a lot of off-field drama with Oklahoma State in the uh, summertime as well. Uh, there is the uh, series on ESPN Plus that is documenting them behind the scenes. So there's a lot of attention and a lot of pressure on this season going into this year for the Cowboys. We are headed to Morgantown. I mean, literally at some point. But we're going to talk about the West Virginia Mountaineers and the Baylor Bears as we wrap up the 2020 Oklahoma Sooners schedule on the Sooner Opponent Preview Show. Stick around.
Taco Mayo. Fresh ingredients built to order. Your Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. We are professional grade. Don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit homelandstores.com for more details. Welcome back. Final segment of the Sooner Season Preview Show. Alongside Chris Plank, I'm Toby Rowland. Just two opponents left to talk about. And we start by heading east to Morgantown, West Virginia for a Thanksgiving weekend showdown with the Mountaineers. Chris, don't we play them late in the season every year in Morgantown? It's going to happen again. The revised schedule is sending Oklahoma uh, to the East Coast again, and we'll take on another coach in Neil Brown very early in his tenure there that needs to show some improvement in year two. And he's done it in the past. He turned around Troy in a rather quick amount of time and won 10 games his second season. And they got a little pop on offense. You know, Austin Kendall, the Oklahoma transfer, started the season. He got dinged up, and they ended up rolling with Yes, another last name that is kind of chill-inducing for Sooner fans in Daggy. But this isn't Seth Daggy. This is Jarrett Daggy, the Bowling Green transfer, who was really sharp. And, you know, it impressed me with some of the freshman receivers that they had last year that uh, continued to improve and get better. You know, Sam James, there's a mm -hmm. speed demon. Um, he six, he's at six foot eight, 184 yards, and their loss at Texas Tech at 14 catches for 223 yards. And you know, Toby, it's it's always a team that can get you some points offensively, but it was really surprising how bad they were on the ground. They only ran the ball for 879 yeah. yards total, 2.6 yards per carry, and just seven touchdowns. So they've got to find a way to get their running game going in 2020. Couldn't run the ball at all. Letty Brown was their uh, leading ball carrier, but yeah, just no threat in the run game. I remember when they came to Norman last year, uh, just an inept rushing attack. So they've got to be better. They got to be more balanced on offense. Defensively, they've got some nice players. A little bit of an unsettled offseason in the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball, but Dante and Darius Sills up front, the brothers as good as any tandem up front in this conference. I think one of my favorite moments of 2019 non-Sooner related was the Thursday night game between West Virginia and Baylor. And that's when one of the Sills brothers came over to the sideline reporter and said, they can't block us. They were right. <laughs> they lived in the backfield all year long. Toby, you're right. It's been a tumultuous offseason. They've got a new defensive coordinator that was just in, uh, implemented last month. So challenges, but still a lot of big-time playmakers potentially for West Virginia, especially on that defensive line. And then the regular season finale will be back in Norman on Owen Field as the Sooners welcome in the Baylor Bears. And what a couple of dramatic showdowns these two teams had a year ago, especially the regular season matchup in Waco when Oklahoma rallied for the biggest comeback in Big 12 history behind Jalen Hurts and really a bunch of youngsters that helped lead that comeback. A couple of touchdowns for Austin Stogner. Theo Weiss had a touchdown. Just an unforgettable night in Waco. You know, the thing that jumps out at me, Chris, before we talk about their personnel is I think Oklahoma's getting the raw end of the deal here on when they play Baylor. The original yep. schedule had them opening conference play with Baylor. Now they're finishing the season with Baylor. They've got a new head coach in Dave Aranda. They've got new coordinators. They did not have a spring. So you got to imagine early in the year, this is going to be a team that's still trying to figure things out. By the time the Sooners get them at the end of the season, 
They got a lot of talent, veterans. This could be a pretty good football team. I wouldn't have mind swapping, say, closing the season with Kansas State because you know what you're going to get from them and opening with Baylor because that is a fantastic point. Dave Aranda, his very first head coaching job on the Division I level, had been the defensive coordinator at LSU and made a name for himself all across college football at Wisconsin. And they've got a very talented staff. Their offensive coordinator, Larry Fedora, was part of the rebuild at Oklahoma State whenever Mike Gundy came in, was a really solid head coach during his time at Southern Miss, got sideways uh, at North Carolina late in that tenure but you know this is going to be a very good team and the reason why is Charlie Brewer is back so he, here's the constant theme I feel like we've had when we've been talking about opposing teams quarterbacks can they stay healthy Charlie right. Brewer is taking shot after shot after shot and somehow still keeps coming back W when you have a guy that is as established as Brewer you've got a chance but again that challenge there is you've got to keep him on the field don't you yeah, I mean, you're right. It's the theme of the conference this year. Whether it's Alan Bowman or Sam Ellinger, Max Duggan we've already talked about, Charlie Brewer's in that category. He got rattled hard last year, and, and there's a serious question mark about whether he can stay on his feet. The Zito kid looked pretty impressive for them, though, really in good. relief last year. If he is a guy they end up going with, uh, they've got uh, some big horses up front to help him out, too. Xavier Newman Johnson probably the best of the bunch but uh, Baylor it'll be interesting with Dave Aranda to see what they are on offense because he is such a defensive minded guy you know does Baylor look a lot different than the wide open Baylor we've become used to the last several years okay what do you think about him though defensively yeah, you know, Dave Aranda has taken kind of the CEO approach as a head coach. So he's hired a coordinator. He's brought in Ron Roberts, who's getting his first shot as an assistant at a Power 5 program. Roberts did a fantastic job running the defense for Louisiana and Billy Napier the last couple of seasons. And they're going to be aggressive. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Though, the thing that's interesting to me about this defense is they've got – like two starters back? I mean, they were number one in the Big 12 in pass rush, takeaways, and scoring D. They were third in total defense. But Toby, nine of their top 11 tacklers are gone. And let's That's be honest, amazing. a majority of them, a majority of them are getting an opportunity to play at the next level. Grayland Arnold is another one of those guys. But you've got, uh, what, Riley Texada, who's back. There's JT Woods yeah. in, the, in, in the secondary. They've got some guys who can make some plays, Toby, but that is a lot to try to replace for a first-year head coach. It is. Raleigh Tahad is a nice player for them on the back end. We'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention, by the way, it is Larry Fedora, another familiar name, that is now the offensive coordinator for uh, Baylor. That'll be interesting. Some familiar coaching names coming back into the conference this year. Well, there's a look game by game at the 2020 Oklahoma football schedule. Football's here, Toby. We're going to have it completely covered for them, aren't we, Chris? Oh, look at this schedule of shows that we have for you coming up. It is game week. It feels so good to say that. It's like a, a weight has been lifted off our shoulders, and we start <laughs> with Toby Rowland and Lincoln Riley sitting down to preview the season on Monday at 11 a.m., then the press conference, spotlight every Tuesday, followed by the huddle and Sooner Sports Talk. Toby and Teddy back on the huddle, and then Coach and Toby on Tuesday nights. We, we catch our breath on Wednesdays, Toby. Thursdays sound off. Game day will be on Friday nights at 1030. And then the actual game day itself. Don't miss it at 10 a.m. Let's go with this week's TV schedule.
The Sooner season is here. Thank you for joining us for the opponent preview show. Kickoff is right around the corner. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Man, it was a fun show. I dug it. I, I'm excited about the schedule ahead of us. I'm excited to have football. This episode has been brought to you in part by Wingstop. It's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Walden Cleaners is open for business and offering free pickup and delivery for all your household bundle wash and garment care needs. Register online or check out their website. You can also download their customer app in the App Store. Express Employment Professionals is a premier workforce management provider to Sooner Nation. To find a job or make your next hire, visit ExpressPros.com. And the Oklahoma Blood Institute. Blood can't wait. Go to an Oklahoma Blood Institute donor center today to save a life. All right, here's what's on tap, presented by Midway Deli. or order for takeout and delivery on DoorDash. The full menu can be found at MidwayDeli.com. We'll call them at 321-7004. That's 405-321-7004. Be sure to mention curbside if you are in a more high-risk category. All right. Our final look back on some of the great moments in Oklahoma Sooner football, basketball, women's basketball, softball, and baseball history with our classic broadcast wraps up this week with tomorrow. And this was one of my favorites. It was the final game Bob Stoops ever coached as an Oklahoma Sooner It was OU, it was Auburn, it was the Sugar Bowl from 2017. It was not only Bob's last game, D.D. Westbrook, Joe Mixon, who just signed a big deal in Cincinnati, celebrating, and uh, did I mention Samaje Pirine setting the all-time rushing record? Check that out. It drops tomorrow, 4 or 5 o'clock, and of course it will air on the franchise, our local affiliate in Oklahoma City, 107.7, the franchise. And on Saturday... Hey, let's kick it off with a celebration of the last win of the 2019 season. It's Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big 12 championship game. And what's cool about this is we've already uploaded the post-game show. So you'll be able to listen to the full game broadcast and the full post-game show on Saturday. That's what's on tap, presented by Midway Deli. We're back on Friday, and Friday's episode is loaded. We've got sound off, we've got spotlight, And we start to go position by position and previewing the Oklahoma Sooners 2020 football team. Let's do it. Have a great midweek, everyone. And until Friday, Boomer Sooner.